Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Hey, y'all, it's Erica Cruz Guevara. I'll be filling in for Devin for the next few weeks while he's on a much-deserved vacation. But first, I wanted to bring you some really exciting news. Truth Be Told is back, and its first episode of Season 2 drops tomorrow. Dear Truth Be Told. Dear Truth Be Told. Truth Be Told, I need your help. Season 2 starts March 12th, and we're bringing you even more. More episodes, more of your questions. My dad was deported 11 years ago. How do I start to heal? Why is therapy so taboo in the Black community? Am I responsible for doing things for the culture, or can I just do it because I like to look like a pretty princess? How can I maneuver in the non-Black world in my body? More conversations. I never understood that. I know. How is that not clear? That is the question, and more wisdom. What would happen if we took every dollar, every ounce of energy that we use to control our weight, and we put that into creating a world where every single person could thrive? I can't wait to hear from you and all of the things that are weighing heavy on your mind or bringing you joy. Share your questions with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag AskTBT. And be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a beat. Truth be told, we see you, we hear you, we feel you. Okay, so I don't know about you, but have you noticed public places are a little empty lately? Some public gatherings are getting canceled, and BART ridership is down. And lots of companies in the Bay Area have told employees to work from home in order to prevent the spread of the new coronavirus. But not everyone has that option. One group in particular, gig workers. I found myself having to consider, can I stop driving, which means I can't pay my rent, or do I still have to drive while being sick? People who drive for Lyft and Uber or do food delivery have a tough decision to make right now. Stay home if you're not feeling well, or keep on working to make money. It's a choice many white-collar employees with benefits at those same tech companies don't even have to think about. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Welcome to The Bay. Gig workers are typically hired as independent contractors, and that has been a worker classification that's really up for debate and increased debate recently. Natasha Tiku is a tech culture reporter for The Washington Post who's based in San Francisco. The companies are not obligated to give them any benefits or sick leave or even minimum wage. 
the workers are left in a precarious position because the amounts that they get paid are also based on these algorithmic bosses. Um, so for this story, I talked to uh, a couple Lyft drivers as well as um, a shopper for Instacart. And shopper for Instacart means you go into the grocery store, pick up the items, and deliver them. Um, you know, So they're all essentially interacting with people throughout their day. And um, for the Instacart shoppers, like potentially hundreds of people, you have to touch all the keypads pads. Um, mm. And they were just really anxious because in the early days of the coronavirus, I mean, because there were cases diagnosed in Northern California, companies were acting quickly for their full-time employees, sending out advice, assuring them that they could work from home, canceling events. But gig workers weren't really hearing anything. And if they did, it was sort of a, you know, a link to a resource page, which had the CDC, you know, wash your hands. So if a lot of these gig workers can't stop working and many of them kind of have no choice but to, to show up to work every day to get paid, what are they doing to keep themselves safe from the coronavirus? Um, I mean, I think they're doing the same things that we we have been told to do. Um, you know, I talked to Idan Alva. He's a Lyft driver. It's now probably a little over five years. He's also an organizer with Gig Workers Rising, and he said he Lysols his car twice a day. So we spend time cleaning the car, we spend time disinfecting, we spend, we get, we purchase the materials to do that. And I didn't hear any willingness on the on the side of Lyft and Uber in covering these costs. Another driver that I talked to, Carlos Ramos, um, who drives for Lyft, he said he's put, um, you know, those uh, bleach wipes or whatever in the back seat, um, you know, trying to clean frequently used areas like doorknobs mm -hmm. and um, window seats. One of the people I talked to is Vanessa Bain. Um, she lives in Menlo Park. She used to be a teacher working with special needs students, and she started working for Instacart because her sister was doing it. Vanessa has told me that she has stopped taking orders. You can, She said uh, the Instacart orders, they've had a huge bump, I think, recently. And uh, you can tell when people are ordering like bulk Kleenex or Sudafed <laughs> or whatever. And so she's stopped, stopped taking orders where she thinks that the person might be ill because she just she said she can't afford to be sick. Wow. That I guess that makes sense. There are more people using some mm -hmm. of these apps because they do have the benefit of being able to work from home. Um, but then there are people who still have to deliver those things to you. Exactly. I think that the way we've approached quarantine has been, you know, extremely different than it would have been five or ten years ago, simply because we have this, um, you know, layer of insulation, which are these, you know, if you have the money, you can stay home and still get everything delivered to you. And mm. the risk, as it always is, but the risk is really externalized on these workers. I mean, we are the first ones to take people who come into this country from everywhere and exposed to, to we are the first line of being exposed to, to anything. Last week, Democratic Senator Mark Warner from Virginia sent letters out to several tech companies and asked them to consider creating some kind of shared fund or other protections for gig workers who could miss out on income if they stay home sick. Natasha says after that letter, some companies have announced protections for workers if they're directly affected by the coronavirus. But it's no guarantee that the tech industry as a whole will provide permanent benefits like sick leave or health insurance in the long run. 
do you see this virus, coronavirus, being a potential breaking point um, in this conversation that a lot of these gig workers have been having for a really long time? I see it as a rhetorical breaking point and, um, you know, a way to encapsulate some of what the workers have been saying and, you know, almost like being able to spread the word to other people. But the companies have spent a lot of money on, um, you know, fighting AB5. Uber, Lyft and DoorDash have announced they will pay 30 million each to fund an initiative campaign for the California ballot that would create the new gig worker category. Labor says it will fight any such initiative. They are continuing to fight worker classification, and I think their concerns about having to reclassify workers will just automatically put a, um, you know, a cap on what they're willing to offer. I mean, this is the business model, right? Like, they have to take this venture capital money, and as we've seen with Uber, they made money by dropping, um, you know, wages for drivers and increasing benefits for users, and, you know, they've been willing to treat the people who make their platforms run, who they cannot live without, as extraneous to their company in some ways, you know, because they are replaceable. Um, at least that's the narrative that, that companies have pushed by, by talking about self-driving cars, which do not seem to be, you know, um, on the horizon anytime soon. So I, I think it's been hard for people in the tech industry to respect the labor that they do because that narrative has been so um, successful. But I, I don't know that companies are going to, you know, stop the fight to, um, you know, preserve their business model. We've been talking about gig workers here, uh, the drivers, the delivery workers. Um, but what other cracks or inequities are there in the tech industry that you're thinking about? I'm thinking about the, um, you know, sometimes people refer to it as a shadow workforce of contractors, um, temps, and vendors that have been widely used in Silicon Valley companies for uh, decades. This this issue is actually being raised internally by full-time employees. Um, I uh, had come across this internal Google thread where employees were asking their um, executives who are in charge of these extended workforces, hey, what are you doing for, you know, not only the cafeteria workers and security guards, but also, um, you know, many of the people who do the same labor that they do. Um, Google currently has more contractors, contingent workers than it does full-time employees. These are not numbers that they're obligated to share, so it's pretty hard to mm. come by. But um, uh, last year, the Times had reported they had 120 1,000 um, contractors and uh, like 102,000 full-time employees. So, um, you know, that's the rate that it's, it's growing at. What do you think this says about the tech industry as a whole? I think that it says that this is a very hierarchical place. Um, you know, part of the reason that they uh, rely on contract work is to, um, you know, appear to shareholders much more nimble and uh, maximize profits compared to industries past, you know, like, say, GM maybe minted a lot more millionaires. And here you have these tech companies that are making a small percentage of workers extremely rich. And so I think you're seeing some of the class divides there and um, understanding, especially if, you know, 
Instacart isn't going to be able to deliver you your Kleenex and Sudafed and, you know, five gallons of water, um, that, that these workers are a vital part of their organization. They can't actually function without them. Right. Yeah. I, I We were talking earlier in, the, in our office about how this virus is exposing a lot of cracks mm-hmm. in across the system, the government, the healthcare system, schools, childcare, and in tech's case, it's definitely exposing uh, inequities that maybe I think we've all known have been there for a long time, but are, are exposing it in a very real and scary way for I think a lot of people who are actually working. Exactly. I think, um, you know, it's raising questions about tying health benefits to employment. These workers want to be protected, um, and that's really the issue. But I think people are talking about, you know, the portable health benefits or um, other kind of innovative solutions, um, because as we can see, it's just not working out for most people. This week, Lyft and Uber announced they'll pay drivers up to 14 days of compensation if they've been diagnosed with coronavirus or if they're required to self-quarantine. But neither company has said how much drivers will get. Instacart and DoorDash have announced similar policies. And Instacart also announced that shoppers can have paid sick leave. It'll be one hour of leave for every 30 hours worked. Natasha Tiku is tech culture reporter for The Washington Post. She's based here in San Francisco. Check out the links in our episode notes to read more of her reporting on how tech companies are responding to the coronavirus. And if you like this episode, share it with a friend. This episode was produced by Marisol Medina Cadena and editor Alan Montecilio. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. We'll see you all Friday. I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randa Abdel-Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.